0: Welcome to the McCovey Chroncast, the greatest San Francisco Giants baseball podcast of all time. And now here are your hosts, McCovey site contributors Brian Murphy, Doug Bruzzoni, and Sammy Higgins.
1: Okay, here we go. Uh, this week it'll just be Brian and Sammy. Sammy, hi, how are you doing?
0: I'm good, how are you?
1: Uh, I'm doing well. I, I'm doing as well as the entire Giants uh, roster. Uh, <laughs> uh, offense, let's, let's be clear. Uh, They scored 13 runs yesterday against the Rockies, and we can get into that box score in a little bit bit more detail, but uh, if I looked at, I was glancing at the uh, spring training stats yesterday, and I believe the Giants are leading spring training in runs scored. Uh,
0: They they have done that already uh, at least once this season, or this spring training. Well, I
1: mean, uh, in terms of total runs scored. That they, they have yeah. the most. So uh, they added 13. That was just when I was looking at it before yesterday's game. So they added 13 more. I would, I would say they're still in the lead. Uh, Sammy, how, how about these Giants in spring training doing well? They haven't done that in a couple of spring trainings.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice. I remember last season I wrote, uh, you know, early, fairly early in the spring, kind of, you know, comparing them to how, where the Giants have been over like the last decade. And it was like, you know, this is actually kind of the worst they've ever been. And that should have been a, a warning sign for the season. But, <laughs> you know, so maybe this is like a warning sign for the season because they're what, 12 and 12 now?
1: Yeah, they're, they're uh, 12 and 12 and they, they are, or, excuse me, they're 11 and 12. They can hit and their pitching's okay. Okay, to maybe a, a touch below average, uh, because they they're, they're run differential for spring training for what it's worth. It's just about even. Right? Yeah, they they won thirteen and nothing yesterday, so they 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 jumped ahead. Um, I, I want to find that little thing real quick, but yes, uh, I I would say that generally speaking, the whole idea of spring training results, you know, it's it's fooey, right? Uh, it's pretty, yeah. The, the, the record, I guess we could say, but you can also look at it from the other aspect, which is um, if you are so completely terrible, as the Giants have been the last two spring trainings, I believe, um, that, that it, you've got to at least consider, hmm, they can't win any games. <laughs> uh, that's a problem and I would say uh, being a 500 team especially coming from where they've been is not necessarily the worst in the world so uh,
0: yeah, 500 we'll take yeah,
1: it yeah exactly uh, <laughs> I think that I think the Giants organization they they're expecting to contend for a playoff spot but as we all talked about last week I think you know anything in the bottom you know what yeah. oh, go ahead but I have to I have to amend something go ahead we have oh. a factual correction mid-show mid, mid show already, but keep going.
0: <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, it's a little disconcerting that they are giving up as many runs as they're scoring, but I like that they're scoring a lot of runs. So, you know, we just go up from there.
1: So, last year's spring training, they ended on a five-game winning streak. I seem to recall last year, but maybe it was the year before, where they could not, like, string any wins together. They ended last spring training on a five-game winning streak, and they were 19 and 16. So they actually were over 500 last year, and actually scored. They had a plus 11 run differential. So are we remembering 2016? Let me check.
0: No, I'm remembering earlier in the spring, not so much the 5 Yeah, final. they
1: were really bad earlier in the spring, but in 2016 they were 13 and 20 and a minus 18 <laughs> run differential. I do remember them being really bad in 2016, um, and and then yeah. You know,
0: came out the gate and were amazing for the first half. Right,
1: right, right. (laughs) Uh, But I I definitely remember last year it was kind of uh, more of the same thing. But, hey, record, we were wrong uh, record-wise there. (laughs) Uh, But it is still good to see the giant And they're hitting home runs. Madison Bumgarner had a home run yesterday. Uh, Who
0: didn't have a home run yesterday?
1: (laughs) Well, let's look at that box score. Spring training box scores. I bet you guys weren't expecting that when you listened to this episode today. <laughs> uh let's see home runs yesterday so uh bum and hunley and hunter pence and pablo sandoval going and back his
0: and hunley's were three run homers each yeah
1: yeah um pablo sandoval's is... we're gonna get into this in just a minute i don't want to segue just yet pablo Sandoval's making the team though <laughs> are we that surprised
0: um, you know what? I'm more surprised that he seems to be like more likely to make it based on merit than veteranness.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, his line is pretty good. Uh, I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's good. We'll we'll put a pin in that part of the conversation. What I I want to really just focus on real quick. Last week with Doug, the three of us talked. To, I, Hunter Pence had one hit in spring training. I think when we were recording, he might have had. As we were recording, he might have picked up a couple of hits. I think, as since we were recording the podcast last week, he has gone on a tear because he's now hitting almost 300. His OPS is up to over 900. These are spring training stats, and it's one week. I understand. But, yeah, yeah, nothing for two weeks. (laughs) Another part of Hunter Pence that I totally clearly forgot about. Was that he played a lot last season?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: he played 134 games last season, and he was one of the worst baseball. He was OPS somehow was above 700, but in 134 games, uh, he he had like he hit for no power. He struck out. His strikeout to walk was two and a half to one strikeouts to walks, which is pretty close to his career norms. But he played quite a bit. And he looked like, what's a, what's a, not a zombie, not the walking dead. He looked like he was some part in the uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade transition from drinking the, out of the wrong chalice to, to becoming the skeleton and the dust. He was in that transition period somewhere. Um, you
0: could have just used the hundred Pence scouting report or the. <laughs> The
1: the generator, the society report generator. That's right. He he. Okay, so he's just a cloud. He's like a vacuum bag that had burst open. Um, But so it's good in a week that he's he's picked it up. Uh, I think that's the best. That's exactly what a team like the Giants is hoping for, right? That the veteran players can pick it up when it starts to count, or as they start to sniff a finish line, and uh, and they can they can be who they kind of they want to see flashes of either what they expect or hope the guy can be. And I would say, almost without exception, and I have an exception in mind, that almost without exception, every Giants hitter is showing the Giants exactly what they've wanted to see. The new guys and old. Yeah. Uh, and I would say the exception is Brandon Crawford, who might be done.
0: Wow, that's a bit uh, <laughs> that's a bit on the harsh side. <laughs> He's a uh, what is he thirty?
1: Thirty one.
0: Brandon yeah. Crawford
1: will—he's thirty right now. Brandon Belt's about to turn thirty. Right. Uh, Brandon Crawford will be thirty-one. Where is that information? Clicking. Okay, <laughs> he, he just turned thirty-one. He he turned thirty-one uh, the the day before my birthday. How about that?
0: Uh, so <laughs> the thing about Brandon Crawford, and I think about last season, there was a—I um, believe it was Ann Killian—wrote the piece last uh, earlier this spring about, you know, all of the things that he was going through last season in terms of, you know, off the field stuff. And so I think it's, I wouldn't be too quick to judge him on 2017 because I wouldn't be too quick to judge anyone on 2017 because everybody sucked. But him in particular, he had a lot of things going off that are going on that I think were definitely weighing on him on the field that, you know, he's not going to be, obviously there are issues like, you know, death and struggles and things like that, but they're not as the, um, I would say, urgent on his mind this season. So I, I, I'd like to think that he's going, you know, just having a slow start and he's going to get it together.
1: I would also say that the offensive, I mean, his defense just needs to be there. And I think in the spring he, so far, his defense has been okay. I think um, in Jeff Samarja's last start, he had an error. And I think he had a, a, like a noticeable errors at open floodgates. It's spring training again, who cares? It's kind of hard to evaluate in that sense, but I would say, It's kind of hard to evaluate, really, for the season. I am being, uh, I'm catastrophizing and being dramatic because that is my hashtag brand. But the point (laughs) that I'm trying to make right now is that, you know, the Giants, I don't think, are counting on him to be an offensive leader. This isn't 2015 or, you know, where they're counting on him, yeah, 21 home runs that year. And, right. and I think that was that was a bonus. He had fourteen I would say that if he hit slightly better than he did last year, which at the end of the day is much better than I remember it being, uh he had a you know, he was a below average for the league hitter in eighty seven OPS plus. He had fourteen home runs though. Uh he struck out a bunch. You know, I would say if he's hitting in the seven fifty, seven sixty OPS range it's it's you know not 2016 2015 levels but it's it's higher than last year he's probably going to be okay and defense if it's if it's there i i don't know if last year was necessarily like last year you seemed like he won the gold glove a little more uh on reputation last year than in pre you know what i mean like it wasn't you don't quite remember brandon crawford for the defense um but I would say if, if he was a stellar, superb defender and put up similar numbers to last year, I think the Giants are, are going to win all the way around. I think they've done enough, they've tried to address their offensive needs, and if they can have a full Longoria season of health and McCutcheon Longoria season of health, and Brandon Crawford's going to still miss you know six weeks, either all together, scattered <laughs> throughout, whatever it is, uh, I think any dip from Brandon Crawford, they've they've I feel like on paper they've done enough to catch themselves if it's a problem. So mm-hmm. so it's not the end of the world if he's done. That's kind of what I'm getting at. But I hope he's not. Uh, and and you bring up very valid points. Uh, I I always send, um, before the show, or always, I've started to, send a, a rundown to Sammy and Doug for what we're going to talk about this week. And, uh, and sometimes it's more structured than the other. This week it's not as structured, so it's just kind of... All out there. We're gonna to get to your Twitter questions uh, in a little bit, um, and we're gonna talk. We're gonna kind of spend a lot of time talking about what we think the opening day roster is going to be. But Sammy, you actually pointed out something to me that I really want to get into real quick, and that's uh, the Atlantic had uh, Andrew Baggerly interviewed Mark Melanson, and uh, I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit, since some of us might be behind both paywall but also an interest (laughs) wall, because I don't necessarily want to read about Mark Melanson all the time, but what you brought up was very interesting.
0: Well, so it's The Athletic before people start to freak out, Um, not The Atlantic. He hasn't jumped ship again. Did I say The
1: Atlantic? (laughs) Yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) Um, I have fine (laughs)
1: writing on the brain. So.
0: Uh, I'll start by saying I think uh, Andrew Bagley's done some really good work over there. So if you can afford it and you have the interest, I think it's worth it. But um, so this piece, like he said, was about Mark Melanson, and it starts by talking about his injury last season, which was kind of—I mean, they kind of like vaguely talked about it, but I'm not sure that anybody really knew why he got that surgery in September. And so he got it, it um he discusses it, and it's the pronator muscle, and they call it pronator syndrome, which basically there was a lack of blood thro- blood flow to his pronator muscle, and it made the uh, they're saying the muscle on the MRI showed up as gray, which is bad because it means that the uh, muscle is or that the the tissue is like either vir- well he says it's virtually dead or dying due to lack of blood flow, so that's not good. Um, so they that's when in September they went in, they opened up his arm and they got some blood flow to the muscles. So that was kind of the problem that he was facing last year. And who knows how long that had been going on or how much it affected him last season. But he says that he's feeling a lot better. You know, he's feeling a lot more healthy. Um, the piece goes on to talk about some of the issues from last season that, you know, were kind of known at the time in terms of like, players kind of him rubbing um, other pitchers the wrong way for how he came in and tried to make changes as we you know as was discussed at the time and something interesting that was brought up in the piece was he mentioned that um, he doesn't feel that ego and jealousy are a factor so far this year and when kind of pressed on it he did imply that they were factors last year Um, later in the piece Baggerly says that that's likely to not be an issue this season because those players that either were the issue or had the issue with him or no longer with the team. So not quite sure who that is. Hmm. Um, he, he goes on, uh, they go on to talk about how the um, I don't know if it was just the pitching staff or if it was the team, but um, they had <clears throat> Mike Thornton come in to give a pep talk. And so Thornton is a recipient of the medal of honor um, during the, or for the Vietnam war. And he is the founder of steel team six. And I guess i um, Lanson's big takeaway on the pep talk was that um, he wants to make sure this season that everyone on the pitching staff has a voice regardless of, you know, whether they're a rookie or they're a veteran kind of wants it to make it a more kind of open and inclusive environment. So I thought it was a pretty good piece. Uh, a couple You know, like we talked about, I don't really know who the issue pitchers were last season, but they're not there anymore.
1: It's very interesting. Uh, There are some candidates. First, what a metaphor for the Giants. uh, An atrophying muscle not getting blood and nutrients, (laughs) oxygenated (laughs) blood to it, just withering away. Um, Yeah, it's, I mean, when you think about, like, everyone close your eyes unless you're driving. As a thought experiment... (laughs) Try to imagine, right now, think about all the people who are going to be in the Giants bullpen this year. Then try to remember everyone who might have been in the Giants bullpen last year. It's very similar. And you look at it on paper, it's very similar. So the the suspects from last year, uh, right? That's the game we want to play. Wait, why, yeah. does this, why does this matter? I guess on some level it's salacious, right? Ooh, that's interesting. But the I guess the bigger part is it's... It's such a similar bullpen it in terms of the the names at the top right that mm-hmm. that it seems strange and somewhat odd strange and odd they're synonyms synonyms it's it's strange that that is what's being cited for why the bullpen was bad. I thought the bullpen was bad because they had to pitch a lot and they weren't very good to begin with but I-
0: it was being cited as a reason why they were bad, but it was more definitely mentioned as like a chemistry issue and that it, it talks in the piece about, you know, you do how he never want to like root for somebody not to be successful and kind of with the implication that that did go on last year.
1: So that's very strange to me because the, the implication or the statement is that it's, it's handled that the people or person is no longer there. So that immediately takes Hunter Strickland out of consideration. Yeah. Which is odd because he seems like he'd be the most likely person. And we have evidence, like (laughs) empirical data, that he he definitely would fit in there. Uh, I mean, this is stepping on our opening day roster thing we're going to do, but I'm going to do it at least for the bullpen. Melanson... Sam Dyson, Hunter Strickland, uh, Tony Watson, um, Corey Garin. We'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> uh, Josh Osich. Uh, and I'm also looking at roster resource right now. And Julian Fernandez are slated to be the bullpen people. But even if it's not Fernandez, let's say Ty Block. Uh, the, that's, that's what's probably going to be the opening day uh, bullpen. And... So last year, the the bullpen would have had, I mean, I don't notice Derek Law's name on, on there. So Derek Law would be someone. Uh, Brian Morris. Mm. Um, Neil Ramirez, which is strange because we're talking about nine games.
0: Right, in that and case. I... It kind of seems like, and, and maybe this is not true, but it kind of seems like it had to have been somebody who had at least a little bit of not seniority but team history to feel like somebody was coming in and stepping on their toes. But maybe not. Maybe somebody just didn't like, you know, him coming in, and making changes.
1: Okay. Well, the uh, Samarja, Moore, Block, Quato, Kane, Bumgarner, Giant starters. You had Dyson, Garin, Strickland, Kontos, Kontos.
0: Interesting. Kane.
1: Osich, Stratton, Law, Crick, Suarez, Melanson, Okert, Morris, Ramirez, Maranta, Gomez, Slania. So that's everyone who pitched for the Giants last year. It's not Hunter Strickland. Uh, Matt Moore is gone. True. George Contos is gone. Derek Law is possibly not making the roster, uh, opening day roster. Would also be strange if that was who it could be. So it seems like we're in the George Contos arena, (laughs) which is surprising. I would say.
0: I would too. But I I mean, again, like no one's ever going to own up to it or, you know, point fingers publicly. So who knows?
1: But not only are we in the George, wait, we're in the George Contos arena. My, my thought is he, He was the longest tenured bullpen guy last Mm -hmm. year. So who the hell is Melanson? (laughs) Uh, I guess Melanson comes in and he's the guy, right? So as the closer, maybe there's this mentality of I'm the captain of the bullpen. And maybe Contos is like, I've been here the longest. I'm the captain of the bullpen. And then I'm also not hurt all the time and blowing saves all the time.
0: Get the surgery, you
1: whiny baby. So,
0: You're laying out a good argument <laughs> or a good case.
1: So I I don't, I mean, it's just surprising. I mean, they did trade Contos. So, they did. <laughs> so the, the Giants presumably chose a side.
0: <laughs> we are totally talking out of our, um,
1: yeah. I mean, we, we can only team go team. off of what we're going off of, but
0: right.
1: it's a strange. We don't
0: want to start I, any rumor. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. Well, the rumors, there is a The rumor is there is, ru- the is there was competition and friction in the bullpen last right. year. And that could have explained why the bullpen wasn't a cohesive unit. And that those people are no longer there this year. So I mean, it's gossip in the sense of like, well, what's changed? Who? What's right. different? So I don't necessarily buy the chemistry idea of why a bullpen would be good or bad. I think st- I think o- Stephen Okert was going to be bad no matter how happy everybody was. Um, Brian Morris was going to be bad no matter how um, how together they were. You know, uh, Neil Ramirez could have told some great jokes, but he was still terrible. Um, I, I don't know what Derek Law's deal is, but he's 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 still a prospecty kid in a way. He's got some stuff to work. Basically, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't buy the cohesion thing, and I am very much kind of side eyeing Mark Melanson and have been. I just because I kind of feel like if if there was this issue, why was it such an issue all season? If you had this arm issue and surgery was always on the periphery, why was this sort of the drama that it became? It it feels a little weird.
0: Well, and let me, you know, just to kind of interject into that, and then another thing that's discussed in the piece is that, you know, 98 losses is going to make any environment feel a little toxic because no one's having a good time. So, you know, it's not necessarily like the interpersonal drama that caused any problems. It just didn't help. Right. Because they were losing all the time.
1: Right. Right. And I guess we could say that it was a good, not a good thing. What am I trying to say? Because (laughs) I guess all things considered, it's surprising that this didn't necessarily spread to the hitters. Or we're not necessarily reading a story about the hitters or the the offense uh, or as sort of team strife. My... Well, no,
0: and that was that was brought up as well because they discussed, like, Buster Posey snapping at Brandon Bell and a few of the other incidents that took place last season in terms of just kind of the negativity of a 98-loss team. So then really
1: what it is is Mark Melanson was just saying, stuff got rough around here. And <laughs> and now the people who couldn't handle it aren't here.
0: And this year we're going to be great. <laughs> or he's, he hopes to be the pitcher that the Giants wanted him to be when they signed him. But, you know, that's a. That's what everybody says when they're making that much money and are expected to do big things.
1: Right. Uh, But
0: I thought it was overall an interesting piece aside from the, you know, like not slandering, but you know, kind of the digs.
1: Yes. And you know, for Baggerly, he's, he's good at getting those little nuggets to intensify the drama. You know what I think the giants need this year though? They need some drama. They are a boring-ass team. <laughs> they really are. I mean, 2016, they were great, and then they were the worst team ever conceived of in in different halves, and the only unifying force was that they were boring. Like, there were no personalities on that team. There wasn't anything that specifically oh, okay, stood out.
0: A different gonna... type of boring, because you know, the first half was not boring, and the second half, at least, it was new and, in- and interesting ways to lose.
1: I but mean, not, but they need they need yeah, a Juan saying. Uribe. They need uh, Michael Morris. They need you know. And they even tried to bring back Michael Morris last year to make something like that happen. Uh, instead, it's like the Giants are very they're like middle management corporate retreats in terms <laughs> of personality. And you know, I would say the bull the bullpen drama essentially amounts to oh, the sales team was having some friction because they're. You know, basically a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross situation. They're all struggling, so they're sniping at each other. They're biting at each other. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be more fun this year, but it has the potential to be. I think Evan Longoria is the perfect giant. He seems so boring.
0: But don't you not want them to be boring?
1: No, I want them to be like Andrew McCutcheon where they have a pulse. Okay. <laughs> I want whatever sardonic, sarcastic humor comes through in Brandon Belt's social media persona to actually kind of come out on the field or in the course of of a game day, uh, visually. Well,
0: <laughs> you can't say that. Buster see Posey anything. gave that.
1: Wasn't it last year that Buster Posey did that turn to the camera and gave the thumbs up, and and it was it was fun. It was like, oh my God, they're alive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying you can't say they didn't address that need because your first example was Andrew McCutcheon. So, right, you know, right, right. No, no, no.
1: beyond, be I mean, Pablo he's got to carry the team now. Pablo Sandoval. That's an interesting, Sammy, that's an interesting counter, or not? It's an interesting uh, name to throw in that mix too. That's that's a good point. Yeah, see, I didn't even thought it. Think I had not even thought of that. And maybe a full year of Madison Bumgarner. Full season.
0: Hopefully, that's yeah. the plan.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, that is an interesting article. Let's we'll keep an eye on that as the season progresses. Because if Mark Melanson is the source of there was drama on the team, and then we find out there was drama in the bullpen again, he's my first suspect. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to bring up what uh, this tweet that I saw from Hank Shulman the other day, and maybe a lot of you listening saw the same thing. Uh, I'm going to read. I'm going to read the tweet. The most entertaining form. Of uh, radio or podcasting, uh, this is this is three days ago. Interesting. At MLB sent out a name pronunciation guide that also includes a quote preference guide for each team, showing where to put accents, tildes, etc. For each team, don't remember seeing that before. It's actually tildes. I don't know why I did tildes there. Anyway, um, then there's a then the attached image is he has. There's like there is literally a two columns. One says name presentation preferences. So how they're written and then pronunciations. And there are a couple of standouts on this pronunciation list. Uh, The the uh, the presentation preferences really is like where the tilde tilde is accents and uh, like Chase Darno, where his where the apostrophe goes and the D is lowercase, the A is capitalized and the Darno, Uh, you know, that that is what the presentation preference means. The pronunciations, though, are, are where there, there's, there's one that is a deep, not a deep cut, but it, it's making us rethink everything, right?
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, and that is, that is, um, well, what, lost it. Corey Garin is actually Corey Garin. <laughs> and my goodness, I was not expecting instincts. that. <laughs> so, so we have had it wrong the whole time, Giants fans. Corey Garin and the, and for sure they've said that on the broadcast Garen.
0: I think maybe once or twice it's been brought up that it's I probably John Miller yeah. has probably mentioned that he it's actually pronounced Garin and nobody listened to him
1: nobody listened to him
0: um uh, I do have yeah. to say though I really appreciate that they did that because you can see. Just as an example, like with the Dodgers, how that can be an issue when people don't do the. Um, Hernandez, say, yeah, the <laughs> yeah. presentation guide. I think it's important to you know spell and you know is that spelling or is that punctu- punctuate people's names and spell them the way that they're supposed to be, especially you know cultural differences do it the way that the player wants it to be done you don't and and pronounce the name the player the way the player pronounces their name i think it doesn't take very long to learn somebody's name and how they spell and punctuate it so i think it's a sign of respect that i wish more broadcasters and writers would take note of
1: well i i always thought that there was a pronunciation guide so i i think that the presentation preferences are perhaps the the new wrinkle I, i I, I'm not entirely sure. It just seems like a pronunciation guide seems so matter. You know what else are these teams going to do? You know, in term they put out these media guides. They put that seems like it would be in there. But uh, I totally agree. I don't. It doesn't make. It just seems why not have the information as correct as you can possibly have it. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't. You know, to talk to the Hawk Harrelsons of the world. Well, well, well I'm going to pronounce it how I pronounce it. It is essentially saying like, well, okay, well then this guy hit 30 home runs last year and you're saying he hit 10. Like it's the same, it's the same spectrum of what are you doing? You're broadcasting the game about this player. This is right. how you say the player's name. This is what it's, what position he plays, etc. cetera. Um, and if you're a good broadcaster, you probably are able, you're probably, if you're worth anything, have a, a strong degree of, of self-deprecation to endear yourself to the audience and you would say i've been saying it wrong all the time because of my lazy american tongue or because i'm an idiot and that's fine
0: <laughs> well and you know sometimes you'll hear even our guys like kind of sound their way through and figure out how some things pronounce, but then they get there in the end and they get it right and they stick to it as best that they can and I, i'll respect that but there, you know like you said there's a lazy form of doing that too where you don't even try
1: there's there's also you know they prep before the games these people I, when i was doing Thanks. the broadcasting or this was for college but if i had any questions you could ask try to find out as quick as possible through the sports and information people or the other team's broadcasters or sometimes because it's college you can just shout down to the dugout from <laughs> there and do it but it's only because why not what if you're a broadcaster why not get it right uh, well, I, your- oh go ahead
0: Oh no! I'm saying that's your job. If you're a broadcast, yeah, right, your job is right. to prep before the game and know everybody's names, their numbers, and at least have a have like a, you know, a little cheat sheet in front of you that you can refer to.
1: And most of them do. I mean, that's yeah. So yeah. I have no problem with this. Is it's I guess we're just talking about how great it is, but also just
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the the Garin thing is surprising because yeah. it just he's been with the team for a while. <laughs> so.
0: And you'd think it would have been corrected. By yes, them, but it this was their way of correcting it. Maybe it was just for Corey Garin yeah. to to announce that that's not how you pronounce my name. Uh,
1: to further prove your theory, uh, Sammy, it is. Oh. It's in the middle of the list, <laughs> which is the the stealth way of just like saying right. that's what, who's this really about. But I want to <laughs> go through it real fast. The list. If you didn't see the tweet, uh, Jose. Was seal is how you say his name, and I thought you said the G, so that's good for me. I didn't pay attention last year. My bad, Jose. Uh, Ty Block, Orlando Cali Calixte. I thought
0: so, it was like with an L or like an S sound, Calixte.
1: Yeah, it's Calixte, okay. which is fine. That's usually how you say an X in most words, um, unless it's like Xerxes or <laughs> uh, Johnny Cueto. Uh, we know how to say that. Tyler Sear. C-Y-R, but pronounced S-E-E-R. Right. Uh, Chase Darno is is uh, D-A-J-R, uh, and then the stress is on the N-O-H. Uh, Steven Duggar, they they have that right, um, or we have that right. Um, Julian Fernandez is Julian, uh, J-O-O-L-E-E-I-N, if you're just uh, phonetically. Um Aramis Garcia, not Aramis Garcia, Aramis uh, Garcia.
0: I think you have that backwards.
1: Aramis. Ra is the, the Aramis. That, I'm putting Aramis. the stress on the Ra. Okay. Aramis. <laughs> right? That's.
0: I think so, yeah. Because
1: if it was the stress was on the Air, or was on Aramis, it would be Aramis. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Aramis. And then Corey Garin. Uh, gore Keys Hernandez. Uh, that is, that actually, the way they have it spelled out is the stress is on the gore, but it's G O E R and then hyphen K E E S. That almost makes it seem like it's goer keys. If I were just to really get into it and said, if I was doing gore keys as my phonetic pronunciation, and this is probably, they're doing it the right way, I would have put G O R E, gore keys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. Anyway. Melanson, we have that right. Uh, Reyes is M- Moranta is Moranta. Stephen Okert, Okert, Stephen Okert, which is, we've been doing that right. <laughs> Josh Osich, Joe Panic, Josh Rutledge, Jeff Samarja, Samarja. Yeah, we, we've been doing that right, folks. We did it.
0: <laughs> the Joe Panic seems like an interesting ex- inclusion because who was saying that wrong?
1: Well, also in the phonetic, it's P A dash N I K with the stress on the P A. Uh, that that uh, it, yeah I don't I don't know. I, for a second I was like, why not do the H? But then it would be panic, and that would be ponic. right. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Uh, maybe people were doing panic, or just because it's not a typical way of of spelling of the word panic.
0: Right. Um, now, did they include? Uh, is it Elliot? Elliot Ram- Ramos?
1: They did not. They did but not. It's, Eli- it's Elliot Ramos per, um, per our own Roger Munter, but he's not right. this guy. Okay. Well, that would
0: have been a good one to include, but yeah. I guess he's not really on the... Only
1: the 40 man.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, Rick Shoe, S-C-H-U, is like the shoe. You put in Madison Younginer is on that list. So that's that's good to know. And then then the presentation preference is really just for when you're writing or doing graphics. Yeah, I agree. It's really cool that they did that. The Corey Garin thing threw me for a loop. But then I also want to point out that this also threw me for a loop because I just assumed every single giant pitcher or hitter was bad last year. And I think it's important to remind everybody, in 68 innings last year, Corey Garin had a 199 ERA as a reliever. I don't remember that.
0: I remember that, and then I remember (laughs) him getting used too much, and didn't he get injured?
1: Uh, I, it's all out. kind
0: of a blur. So it is.
1: It is a blur. But I mean, he was he was uh, one of the best relievers in baseball last year. That's surprising. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything about his uh, about being injured. And I apologize for clicking around. Maybe I'll delete the silence out. Who knows? <laughs> um, transactions. Here we go. I don't have anything about DL time, but I'll take oh. your word for it. Sure, he was overused and he and he missed some time. That sounds about right. I
0: don't, I don't know for sure don't quote it's Im, me. <laughs> it's
1: impossible that it's impossible that none of the pitchers the relievers last year were overused. Uh, it's just impossible right let's see he pitched he pitched through September, he pitched through August. I don't see any noticeable gaps well, in good. in his usage. He made it the whole season. Uh, also, yeah, a also year. a big deal if you're a reliever in the giant's pulpit. <laughs> Just surviving the season. Right. <laughs> um,
0: because we saw, there should have been an in-memoriam at the end of the season for all the players that came up <laughs> and immediately went back.
1: I will remember you. Yeah.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, his September, uh, I'm going to include October 1st, but this is fun to look at real quick. So his September 2nd was the first game he appeared in, and then his last game was October 1st. 13 games, uh, 10 innings, so very small sample size, 10.1 innings, 14 strikeouts, uh, gave up two hits, he walked four, and he gave up one run, earned or otherwise, just one run. 105 batting average on balls in play. Uh, He faced 40 hitters. That's that's impressive. That's better than what the Giants have wanted him to be. Yeah. Which is the, the seventh inning kind of swing sinker ball guy. Um, That's great, and I don't think that there's any chance he duplicates that season this year, but who knows if they use him, if they deploy him correctly, and if the, the bullpen holds up, especially at, at the top, if Melanson can get through the season all right, and Dyson's an interesting player. Yeah. Um,
0: well- and, you know, and it gives us some optimism in the bullpen that we haven't had in a while. And also, sorry to go back to that Melanson piece, but he talks about Will Smith and he's looking forward to working with him again and having Will Smith be his setup man. So, you know, we've got two players coming off of injury. You've got Corey Garn coming off of a really good year. That's something to look forward to.
1: It, it pushes Hunter Strickland down the depth chart, too. It does. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: makes you happy.
1: That <laughs> makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, all right. So. They didn't cover something last week that I really want us to talk about for just a minute. Just a minute. And uh, maybe if Doug were here, he would talk about it some more. This might have been something worth talking about with Grant, too. Oh, well. But Tim Lincecum is back, baby. Tim Lincecum is back. He's not only back, that dude is ripped. We we, we've talked about that on the podcast before when he's shown up uh, in in uh, I can't remember who the reliever the pitcher was it was Rockies pitcher Uh, but you know the the dude is just he's just cut he is he is looks great and he signed a major league deal with the Rangers he's gonna make the team and he's probably gonna be a reliever Uh, and. And uh, I've already heard Grant on another podcast, sniffle, sniffle. But you know, he wants that Cy Young contention season. But I just want to say that, you know, I am not a nostalgia person. I I, I hate nostalgia. In fact, and but just look. I but I read all these articles about Tim Lincecum and the comeback and where he went to. You know, went to that facility to work on basically getting his body flexibility back and dealing with all the hip injuries and really saying that he was committed to baseball. I think that's the thing that I weirded out about weirded out on about, about certain elements of the team. Like I never knew if Brian Wilson or Tim Lincecum were like really into baseball. It seemed like it was maybe like a fun diversion or it was an interesting thing that they were good at and they could deal with it. I like stories where, especially where Tim Lincecum is sort of a weirdo where he's like, but I really am obsessed with baseball. And I would say that anyone doing what he did indicates, because he's got enough money. I can't imagine that he's blown through the money. So if it's the competitive thing, I'm, I'm all for it. And so I'm just assuming it is. But basically, I think I, if it's not nostalgia, he's on the Giants, so I don't imagine it's that much nostalgia. But I, I am excited that Tim Lunce comes back.
0: Yeah, um, I I am too. You know, I'm like Tim Linscombe's biggest fan. So I'm going to go ahead and bring up Bob um, Nightingale had a piece this week I in the last few days on uh, USA Today. And so he kind of went through um, a lot of things. Like you said, there have been a lot of pieces on Timmy lately. Um, So I guess when he said, well, okay. So I think the most important thing to to start off is that when um, the reason he – overall signed with the Rangers because he was faced with two teams, either the Rangers or the Dodgers. And he could not, in good conscience, sign with the Dodgers because he's a good giant and a good person and he still <laughs> loves us. So his deal with the Rangers is actually kind of um, appearance. It's, it's got imp- appearance incentives. So he's got um, an extra million if he makes uh, 55, I think plays in 55 games. Um, he gets a $2 million bonus i guess an extra 2 million if he ends up being their closer and he gets five hundred thousand dollars if he ends up being the comeback player of the year. So I don't think he has any delusions of grandeur of being like back to his Cy Young form, but he definitely like he approached the Rangers wanting to be a relief pitcher, which isn't something that he's done in the past. He was kind of insistent about having a starting pitching um, role. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And like he said, he has um, kind of shown that he, you know, he it's it's the love of the game. And um, just the fact that he's willing to compromise and come out of the bullpen. Um, and they they talked in that Nightingale piece about how he was watching the World Series last year and he was getting a little emotional, which I thought was cute. Um, and just another note. So also on the Rangers is Matt Moore, as we discussed a little bit, I think, earlier, um, who they both wear number 55, but Timmy will not be wearing 55 this season. Um, Matt Moore offered it to him, but he declined because he is going to be wearing number 44 for his brother, who recently passed away. So um, that's a little rundown on Timmy.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the Rangers pitching staff, such as it is. Four lefties in that rotation projected right now. Hamels, Moore, Mike Minor, Martin Perez. And Doug Fister is right now, on, again, I'm just looking at roster resources, projected as the third starter. Uh, the, I, I, I f- seem to remember that the, the Rangers were perhaps in bad shape. I didn't realize it was necessarily quite that dire. Um, and Tim Lincecum just shakes out as being... Ra- I guess what I'm getting at is I feel like Tim Lincecum is going to get a, a really long look. And pitch a lot, uh, and and if he, I would love to see him just kind of work his way up the bullpen ranks, uh, or if he winds up getting in the rotation, so be it. I, and I think that's that's the excitement, right? Like, but what if he is back? Like, what if right. he does do?
0: Well, but here's, I feel like a more realistic back for Timmy is. Like a new era of his career, hopefully as a reliever and maybe as a really effective reliever. and so I think that's exciting as well, rather than you know hoping he's back to his two thousand eight two thousand and nine form. It's like, okay, well, I'm kind of ready to see what he can do now because we saw his last attempt at being a starter. it was disastrous, so i, I hope I hope that in this new role that he finds success, i don't I still can't imagine him as a closer, but you know what? baseball's weird, so.
1: It's extremely weird. He did get batted around by the AL West last year with the Angels, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But um, yeah, I I wish him all the best. I I think uh, I think the reason why I was so resistant before and I was like let's just move on is I just want the Giants to just move on. Like it it, it happened. It's beautiful. Let's enjoy that it happened. And well, and, and no, they've they, they yeah. right?
0: They've shown twice that you know, though he's he's ready to, you know, he wants to pitch. They're like, we're we're good. But I yes. also love <laughs> the fact that he has specifically said that he chose the Rangers because they were the not Dodgers, right? Because he couldn't even, you know, we've seen Giants players go and sign with the Dodgers over money reasons or whatever. But like he said not just about the Dodgers, but in general, in terms of his comeback, is it's not like you said, it's not about the money. And if it were about the money and the Dodgers were going to offer him more money, you know, then he would decided there, but it's not about the money and he doesn't want to play for the Dodgers and you can't not love him for that.
1: Yeah. I, I, we gotta, I gotta remember that all the time. I think that'll be one thing, uh, to, for me to keep in mind going forward is all the not Dodgers stuff. Uh, <laughs> but you know what, you know what, I'm always, why I'm always reticent to, to think about that among the first couple of things when any baseball news item comes up is what the A's do with the Giants. This is a, the I don't know if anyone saw this, but the A's have a program where if you bring in a Giants hat, they'll give you an A's hat and then they'll donate the Giants hat to, um, you know, to charities, I guess. they are for the charities. Uh, I didn't know that they did that still. They've been doing that
0: for like two seasons.
1: I think that's re- absurd. I think that's, I think it's hilarious.
0: I think it's uh, a good way to trade in an old Giants hat that you don't wear <laughs> anymore for a gift for an A's fan friend.
1: What is it? What a su- the sweetest way of looking at that. Another way you could have been. I think it's a great way to get flammable material. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have no beef with the A's. It's always weird when the A's like do something to be like, but we have a beef with you. I'm like, why?
0: Because they're petty. Their fans are petty. <laughs> Their team is petty. They're petty.
1: But why? And also, as I've said before, I my entire life started, the first 20 years of my life was solidly being made fun of by A's fans for They've being forgotten a Giants that. fan. they forgot
0: that. They've forgotten. Because the, yeah, they because
1: did. the Giants could not find their left or right hands, and they were awful. And the A's, the A's caused the earth to swallow the city of San Francisco and kill a bunch of people just to prove how much better they were. Like that is the legacy of the A's of my mind. The <laughs> A's will literally kill people to prove how much better they are than the Giants. But my right. point is, oh, why did why are they doing this? Why are the fans engaging this? And, and how are they not able to see how petty it is and, and in a reaction to they're clearly jealous Okay, so here's
0: here's why, because they forgot about that entire time period between like 1989 and 2010, where they were pretty consistently better than the Giants, although they never won another title after 89, doesn't matter. They forgot that they were better than the Giants and that they lorded it over Giants fans because then the Giants won and now we're all just bandwagon fans. You know, nearly 10 years later, we're all still just bandwagon fans.
1: I guess it's what you said. I mean, baseball is weird, but I'm genuinely baffled by the best A's fans. The best thing A's fans ever did to Giants fans was just be like, the who? (laughs) And so the fact that the team is like stooping to acknowledge that the Giants exist, that feels like a betrayal of their brand. (laughs) Because <laughs> their brand is we are winners who have innovated the game of baseball, and we are not the typical team, and we just win, 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 and the Giants don't know how to do anything, and they come from that idiot, stupid city, uh, and <laughs> they're a bunch of yokels. And now it's like, oh, we're gonna get your. Now it's just very strange. Anyway, well, to I don't be hu- fair,
0: they're hurting because they can't keep any of the players that they love. They can't buy a jersey because the players don't last very long because they get traded. So, you know, I'll cut them a little slack. They're, they're, they're just coming from a place of pain.
1: Okay, <laughs> fine, fine. We'll give them that. Uh, and there maybe a couple are listening. Who knows? But anyway, uh, I think a fun game this year will be guessing or looking at the A's opening day roster and looking at their final game of the season roster. That will be a fun game like it is every year. But for now, we're going to play the game of who do we think is going to be on the Giants opening day roster. Now, I picked this as a game because there's not going to be too much guessing to go on here. The Giants are returning a very similar roster. So there's really just fringy guys that we're dealing with. Uh, And you actually prepared well here. I am literally (laughs) looking at a depth chart. And I'm, I, I, let's try to come, we're only talking about 25-man roster too, right. opening day lineup. So that makes it even easier. So we're not going to take up too much time. But I mean, let's,
0: so we, I'm going to
1: throw, oh, go ahead.
0: Okay, so I start with obviously the starting rotation. So we've got, I, I, you can argue the order, I don't know, uh, Bumgarner, Cueto, Samarja, two question marks. So I have on the side, Stratton, Block, or Holland.
1: Ah, good question. This is good. Uh, we have to s- set some stakes here. Okay. Of, of who's of who's right, we'll pick. It we'll pick a. It'll be just by number points. Like if we get the names right, uh, if we agree on any, that still counts for one or one. I don't. So basically, I don't know how many question marks you have, but I'm willing to concede whatever ones you have question marks on. Well, see, and then I we'll have, just go. Good. I
0: have like blank spaces here that I haven't filled okay. in. So I feel like between the two of us, we can fill in this roster and see how close yes. we are when opening. There we go. Okay. So
1: no wager. You don't want anything competitive. You just I do not. If we're right. Okay, no <laughs> competitive. All right. I had, a, I had a, a wager in mind, but that's okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to say uh, I'm such a big Ty block guy, but he really seems like he's running out of gas at, at this late period. He looked really rough against the A's a few days ago, and he looked rough, bef- I think, in the previous start as well. And I feel like the whole reason why they got Derek Holland was specifically to have a veteran presence in the rotation (laughs) who could maybe eat some innings. So I'm going to say it's going to be Stratton and Holland.
0: Okay, I can agree with that. So we'll pencil them in. All right. Okay, so that moves Block into contention for the bullpen, correct?
1: Yes. And I would put him over what this roster resource has. Julian Hernandez being the long reliever. Although he's a rule five pick throwing it. Yeah, we'll get there. Anyways, never (laughs) mind. Putting up into that.
0: Okay, so for the infield, we have catchers Buster Posey and Nick Hundley. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you agree with Hundley? I agree. Okay. First base, Brandon Belt. Second base, Joe Panic. Shortstop, Brandon Crawford. Third base, Evan Longoria. And then two infield slots. So on the side, I have. Sandoval, Darno, Tomlinson, Rutledge, and maybe Calique Stay.
1: Interesting. Hmm. If so, they bring Gregor Blanco, okay, yeah, yeah. Gregor Kal- Blanc on that field. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, Mac Williamson has an option, so no, 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 I, he's no, no. Not- infield. No, We're
0: in the infield. Oh, infield,
1: infield. infield. Um, so, oh, so Calique Stay for the infield because he can play second base, right? I think. Yeah,
0: they had him listed as maybe I'm, yeah. I'm mistaken. Let's take him off the list and let's talk. Sandoval, Darno, Tomlinson, and Rutledge.
1: I think it's, I, my strong sense is okay. So we've got eight roster. Well, we have to decide. Well, we have to know if the Giants are going to go fourteen and eleven or thirteen and twelve. And I think sadly they're going to keep it at thirteen and twelve. Um, so we're talking about four bench or five bench spots essentially.
0: So we're saying Hundley takes one of those.
1: Hundley takes one. Sandoval, Tomlinson. So then we're dealing with the two, other two. and okay, I, yeah, and that's I what... would say they'd be outfielders.
0: Yeah. Okay, so but we're looking at two infield positions that aren't Nick Hundley. So Pablo hmm. Darno, Tomlinson or Rutledge, I believe are the top four people. I don't see two.
1: I don't see Darno and, and Rutledge.
0: Okay, yet. so you think uh, Sandoval and Tomlinson?
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Um, I think at this point I, safely, I think it's—or sorry—I think at this point it's safe to agree that that's more likely based on where we're at right now. So I will put in Sandoval and Tom Tomlinson. Hold on. Okay, so we move on to the outfield, where we have left field Hunter Pence, right field Andrew McCutcheon, center field—center field question mark Jackson.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Jackson.
0: Okay, and then he's having ha- a really
1: nice spring as well.
0: Okay, so then we have two empty outfield slots, and we have Duggar, Blanco, Williamson, Hernandez, and Parker.
1: This is tough. Uh, I I was starting to say, Williamson has an option, so I think he's out.
0: He's out, okay. Yeah, because Parker and Hernandez don't.
1: Right. So then the Blanco question is, if the Giants pick him up, they're having to pay the major league minimum to him, which is like a million dollars. And I don't know if they have enough. I don't know. They might have enough room under the tax. I don't know if they want to use up that room on him.
0: Counterpoint, uh, they they believe he'd be a good platoon with Austin Jackson.
1: I also believe he would be a good platoon on uh, versus Austin Jackson. I think Duggar having playing time, being sort of the hot standby, ready to go in case any outfielder gets hurt. Yeah,
0: he's going down. It's, I mean, yeah, down to, to Sacramento, I mean. Not going so,
1: down So uh,
0: They are saying uh, Williamson and Duggar are out.
1: Yes. Okay. So now, we're, so what we're really talking about is Kalique's day.
0: Well, I sorry. didn't have him on the no, list. No, we, no, can on the list. We, we can put him on the list. We do We can put him on the
1: list. Gorky's. Gorky's uh, I think Gorky's is in. Is in. I think Gorky's you think,
0: is in. Okay. I'm
1: just taking the big swing. So, so now we're talking about Blanco. Blanco Parker. or Parker. Jarrett Parker has been so bad, and he really seems like he needs to be in uh, in the Korean League. Um, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know what their what their why their heart belongs to Jarrett Parker, but you know, 2015 was a long time ago, and that one week that one series against the A's was a long time ago. And I know Bruce Bochy wants to hold on to him for that reason alone. Uh, he's also. I don't know. I'm this is tough. Because this is, well, Blanco's like got more start. history
0: with the team of you know. Like I know, team.
1: I and I would think that would help win, but I think also Jarrett Parker's power is the seductive part of that. But I, I'm gonna go Blanco. I'm gonna go head and heart. I think Blanco is the better player, and I, I would rather see Gregor Blanco take a roster spot and Jarrett Parker, either clear waivers and accept an assignment or wind up on the. the I don't know. Right. I don't know what team he would wind up on. Right. White Sox, we're we're going <laughs>
0: with realistic, not what we <laughs> yeah. want, because yeah. if we were yeah. going with what we wanted, I would have Williamson over Hernandez, but Blanco right. I'll agree with. Okay. Right. So moving on to the hot mess that is the bullpen. I have
1: well, a, little, a pause. If they somehow go 14-11, then I think that means stay for sure makes the team. stay. Yeah. Okay. Does he have do- an option or no? Let me I don't know.
0: I didn't really have him yeah. in the mix because he's not yeah. on the... Um, he may not. He's not on the 40-man? I don't think no.
1: so. He's not,
0: huh, I don't think so. But I was going by the MLB app, and there was asterisks involved, and yeah. Okay. Well, maybe well we on actually, the roster.
1: maybe we can find that in a second here. Thank
0: you, because I do On the forty-man
1: roster. Uh... Oh, he's not even on the forty-man roster. So that makes it even. Be- that makes it even easier.
0: Right, and I don't so think that. Um, going back to like our picks for the infield. I don't think that Darno or Rutledge are on that either, so they would have to get rid of somebody to put them yeah. on. Them, so.
1: I think uh, on the on the 40-man roster, some forgotten names, Ryder Jones, Miguel Gomez. Right. Uh, so I would I, say, oh, and Austin Slater. There's definitely a forgotten I had name. Austin I Slater say,
0: written down, but I don't think he's really been making a push for no. the, yeah.
1: No, I would say if they go 14-11, Jarrett Parker for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. okay, so, so bullpen.
0: the bullpen. I have I have seven slots, correct? So seven and five is 12? Yes. Oh, like, I really hope I got that right or I'll be Nailed like, it. Yeah. Dragged <laughs> for simple math. Okay, so I have – and you know what? I'm going to go ahead and cross this one off. Hold on. Okay, I have Melanson, Osich, Garen, and Strickland, and then three open spots and a bunch of question marks. So I've got Holland, but if we already put him in the starting – or the the yeah, starting rotation then. So then I have Watson question mark, Dyson, Smith who will be coming back I believe May first. Um, Beatty question mark probably not. Block, Gomez question mark Fernandez question mark probably not. Um. So what are your thoughts for those three spots?
1: So I, I would say that the for Fernandez he's a Rule Five draft right. pick which means that. Giants would have to keep him. I, I'm sorry. I'm not saying this for your benefit, Sammy. I know you know this. Well, we but have if a he didn't... <laughs>
0: coming up later, so okay. we can get he it. He has in. to stay
1: on the roster for the, the Major League 25-man roster the entire season, or else he has to be offered back to his original team. I don't know any details after that of if they offer him back and the other team's like, nah, if then they can uh, send him down. Um, it's possible. I'm not sure. Someone can correct us, Sammy. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Well, right. I don't I really know. I think
0: at this point it's safe to say that he's not ready. So we'll go. He's not that ready, but he's
1: time. also throwing a hundred miles an hour. Right. And and I would say out of all the let's take a chance and see, and use a roster spot and save you know and use a spot on him. It seems possible, but we've oh. got a few spots to deal with for the moment. Let's just not deal with him. So. Oh.
0: So we've got three spots, and we've got yeah. Watson, Dyson, Will Smith. Do we even count Beatty here, or do we cross him off?
1: I think we count him, cross him off, and okay. I think Will Smith is
0: He'll be back coming May back first. till May 1st. Right. Okay, so opening day, you're right. Okay, let's cross yeah. him off. Okay, so we have Watson, Dyson, Block, Gomez. I can't remember which Gomez I was looking at. Hold on.
1: And we'll, okay, Yeah, Melanson is locked in three. Oh, so- yeah.
0: Garin, or Garin, sorry, and right.
1: Strickland. Yeah, this roster resource is projecting... Oh, Derek Law, sorry. Derek Law. I don't think Derek Law is making the, the opening day team.
0: Okay.
1: I think they agree with me. They're down on him right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, roster resource has the projection as Melanson closing. You got Watson, Dyson, Strickland, Garin, Osage, and Julian Fernandez as the long reliever. But we're saying, we're guessing Block is going to be the long reliever he's not going to win okay, that so rotation battle let's
0: put block in there you said D- Watson yes
1: yes yeah oh yeah okay. absolutely Tony Watson's making the team for sure
0: now Dyson I think is the question mark because he's not having a great spring not having a good spring
1: at all I think Will Smith being uh, the holdover till May 1st gives them extra time I, don't, I think if they were out on I think if they weren't committed to him they would have moved him uh, during the offseason, especially to clear some salary. So I think they're in on Dyson, even if he's not having a good spring. I don't know, really? Our, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, that's a, our
0: last spot. Yeah. So.
1: I think a reliever having a bad spring isn't necessarily the end of the world. They'll just stay away from him for a little while. Um, yeah, it feels like the bullpen is pretty tight. So what we're really saying is, um, let's see, three, six, seven. They've got 12 pitchers as well. We're saying that uh, Block is staying on the team and he would be the long reliever. So really, in terms of this roster resource page, we're disagreeing with Julian Fernandez being the long reliever. Let's, let's assume that the Giants do keep Julian Fernandez, though. Out of all the other names, who would, who would be gone? And that's the tougher question, I feel
0: like. Uh, maybe they send Block down?
1: Maybe they send Block down. That's a possibility. Maybe they send Stratton down, but I don't really see that. Um, Block
0: oh, has a couple.
1: He has an option or two down there, um, and it might be okay. I mean, it would make sense. I, I I like Ty Block, but he's he's proven he's kind of a good Swiss Army pitcher for them, and I think it'd be tough if he got sent down. But maybe they have part of the reason why he stayed in the bullpen last year was because they needed a lefty, and and I don't think that's necessarily their problem. Yeah, they've
0: got, not an abundance of lefties, but a good number of lefties, and,
1: at least in the. Yeah, and on the major league roster, the two that they have, uh, Tony Watson and Osich, and then you know Will Smith coming we, behind. It, it's we should like, probably
0: talk about Osich a little bit because he's had now what seven appearances and eight scoreless innings.
1: I I am so nervous about that guy because I know <laughs> he's he. It's so he flames out so spectacularly every year that it gets tough to, to be like yeah Josh Osich but I mean this is entirely what the spring training battles are all about right they're counting on him <laughs> to contribute and he's he's doing it um, I think your Fernandez point is is um, or you know they're gonna they'd have to offer him back to Colorado it looks like um, and I I'm not sure. An interesting thing about Colorado is they spent a lot of money on their bullpen and so they they'd get him back and I don't know. I guess what I'm getting at is uh, I think that the Giants having a rule, rule 5 player on their team is sort of a different wrinkle than we're used to and part of me thinks that they would want to just hold on to him that this extra month of Will Smith being out is sort of their time to experiment.
0: Well, the thing about like keeping him without like I mean, trying to negotiate a trade or anything like that is you are basically operating operating with a twenty four man roster because you can't you can't move him. That's so a good point. So you're stuck with that. Yeah. So there, that's a, If he's good, that's awesome. If he's not, that's a handicap.
1: Yeah, I I also think for a month as an experiment, it's possibility. I guess the other thing is I'm trying to look now. Uh, are the Giants is. Uh, Derek Holland on the forty-man roster? That's a stupid question, but I have to I have to look it up. I'm sorry if anyone listening already knows the answer to that, because I closed that window. They're
0: well actually, uh, they're well actuallying you as you. That's speak. right,
1: that's right. Uh, I'm looking at the forty-man roster. I am not seeing G H. I'm not seeing Derek Holland on that roster. So if they were to add him, they'd have to kick someone off the forty-man roster, which is an entirely different question. Um, I'm still not sure how Hunter Pe- or Hunter Strickland surviving any of these moves, but I guess what I'm getting at is it's not beyond the well. What I'm saying is it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Like let's look at the Fernandez thing. Okay, there's a non-zero chance. There's actually a really good chance that the Giants before the start of the season are going to have to make a, a trade. So I- I'm saying Hunter Strickland, maybe Sam Dyson, also right. In theory, the Giants might have to move one of their pitchers to make room well, for somebody else.
0: In theory, I mean, if if you're, if, I mean, we have a question coming in about this later in our Twitter questions, but um, if we're talking like the if we're talking Fernandez, sure. Okay, well, if you're talking Fernandez, it's going to depend on what Colorado wants. If they're even willing to to trade for or trade him, they might not be. Sure.
1: But you know, Gorky Fernandez is on the forty-man roster, which is you know, Jared Parker's on the forty-man roster. Does he? He's taking up a roster spot. And right. Jarrett Parker has had a terrible spring.
0: And well, and those are just like if they when they make the outfield decisions, they're going to have to if they get rid of him. I mean, not get rid of him, but they don't offer him a spot on the twenty-five. They've got to. He's going to be off the forty-man roster because he doesn't have any options. He Doesn't have so. any
1: options, right? So that could be how they get Holland in because they'd have to remove Parker. They could remove Parker and and that could be Holland's spot. So that maybe then that's that's what happens. Um, so we're so do we answer it all or, or no? There's well, there's okay. Of we
0: we don't. I don't think we have it solidified because as of right now, what I've written in are Melanson, Osich, Garin, Strickland, Block, Watson, Dyson. Do we agree with that? Do we want yes, to make change?
1: We agree with that.
0: We do. Okay. Yeah. So going back to the start, we are looking at starting pitchers of Bumgarner, Cueto, Samarja, Stratton, and Holland. Infielders Posey, Hunley, Belt, Panic, Crawford, Longoria, Sandoval, and Tomlinson. Outfielders Pence, McCutcheon, Jackson, Hernandez, and Blanco. And bullpen Melanson, Osich, Garin, Strickland, Block, Watson, and Dyson. That's
1: which, our 25. Yeah. So we're saying, all right, that's what we're think, saying is the opening day, which means uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Julian Fernandez. And. Uh, you know, poor Mac Williamson, but he's got that option, so...
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I want him on the yes. uh, opening yeah. day roster, but, you know, I just... It, it sucks for those guys. It sucks for those guys who have options but like are good enough to be on the team as is because they're just kind of like, not scapegoated, but they're just kind of like, it's oh, okay, sacrifice. well, they're sacrificed. Sacrifice. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. They're sacrificed because of the guys that don't have options. So, you know, it sucks because I think Mac Williamson deserves to be on the opening day roster, but I don't think he will be.
1: I also think what sucks for Mac Williamson is he's not even the first option out of A. I think Duggar has leapfrogged. Oh. Him.
0: Ugh.
1: Which is, I mean, if you're Mac Williamson, that sucks. Right. Uh, or I, a fan yeah, of Mac Williamson. Yeah. If you're, yeah. If you're you, you know, I think part of what's made Mac Williamson, he's still trying. <laughs> he's changing his swing, the expectations. He hasn't, it doesn't seem like he's lost faith in himself. That's a big deal. Right. That's a, that's yeah. a really big deal. Uh, the, the and he can still
0: force the issue in Sacramento, so. Which he has pretty
1: well done the last three three seasons or so. He's done some version of that. Uh, he but I mean, Hunter Pence, I mean, it, maybe next week we'll play a game or, you know, or we'll ask our guests when we start doing the Nos previews. I mean, a really interesting thing is, is Hunter Pence going to make it through the entire season on the Giants roster? I'm not talking about DL time. I'm just talking, are they going to cut him? <laughs> Wait, what? I said a fun, uh, an interesting game to play. Wait, 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 to you're ask. not
0: talking about pl time. You're talking about.
1: I'm talking about is Hunter Pence going to survive the season on the Giants roster? Or are they going to DFA him?
0: Oh, DFA or cut oh, that's him. What I yeah. Uh, so I don't the... think I don't think there's any way that they would DFA Hunter Pence. I I mean, he's beloved by the fans, and we've seen them let worse players go on for longer. So. <laughs>
1: I just see that as a banner. (laughs) It's like a marketing slogan for the Giants.
0: If they'll do anything, is they will they will shift him to coming off not coming off the bench. What am I talking about? But being you know not a starter, if anything, he will be like the backup or whatever. That's as far as they would take it with him.
1: Uh, All right, let's take our Twitter questions for the week. Uh, We always ask for Twitter questions that are various accounts you can you can add us directly on twitter sammy or i or doug or uh at mick croncast okay so the first question we have this is from rob hainer at robert hainer and he asks where do you think the soul stone is located in wakanda does iron man have it powering a suit does heimdall have it now this is a this is a marvel m- movie question if you didn't know what any of that meant <laughs> <laughs> And it's probably ahead of, yeah, it's ahead of the next Avengers movie coming out. And I'm going
0: to go ahead and, 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 and get in first on this and let yeah. you go a little longer okay. because I've only ever seen the first Avengers and Black Panther, so I have no idea what this is about. But I'm just going to go ahead and say that the soul, soul Stone is located in the Diamondbacks pool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is the last place that anyone would want it to be in Arizona. Nothing impure gets in that pool. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would say, Rob, that I my thought was it's in the middle of that meteor that crashed into Wakanda in Black Panther. And that that's why there's all these magical. Seemingly magical, mystical properties that they can talk to the dead or souls that that seems like <laughs> that seems like a, an important component of a soul stone, uh, but that was my guess. But I I have no idea at this point uh, beyond. Is that, it
0: the source of the flower that they use to make him... Well, that's what I mean. The- like if
1: if if I remember correctly, Wakanda is built on top of this meteor, right? That crashed into Earth, and the meteor is made of vibranium, which is this indestructible metal that uh, you know that's what iron man suits made out of that's what black panther suits made out of captain America's shield the movie black panther it's not a spoiler it opens with the meteor crashing into the land and talking about how wakanda was built on top of it and i think in the middle of that meteor is the soul stone and it was put in the middle of that by some ancient space god and that's like this thing is too dangerous we need to like but we can't destroy it so let's just put it in something and get it out of here that's my guess. But I, it, it, based on all the stuff that is available to read about this next Avengers movie, that may not be the case. It could be somewhere else. It could be something else entirely. It's like almost too obvious it's Wakanda. So there we go. Right. Uh, yeah, I
0: yeah. knowing nothing else, I agree. Yeah. Uh,
1: it would be an elegant solution, but based on all the other stuff that they're planning to do and why they're fighting in Wakanda and the Avengers movie, it, it kind of it's too much. It's putting a hat on the hat is, I believe, what the writing term is. It's just too much. Yeah. Uh, at Scout6, Scout underscore six, Mike Foster asks, what are the chances the Giants try to keep Rule 5 Fernandez? Do they think he can learn control? Well, I think the reason... This is what we've been talking about. I think the, that it's so tantalizing, and the Giants... I, th- I think power pitching out of the bullpen has been a something they've sorely lacked for a long time. I, I don't want to say that this is exactly true but it feels like since brian wilson that that's that they've that that was the last power pitcher quote-unquote that they had in the bullpen well
0: but there's a difference between having a power pitcher with some command and having a power pitcher that's just kind of throwing all over the place so i guess i'm discounting
1: I, hunter strickland who throws 96 to 98 you
0: don't like him so of course you are
1: but he also has no command
0: yeah Uh, Okay. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I would say, I guess, um, I think at this point, unless you're willing to concede a spot on the 25-man roster for the entire season, you have to look at the possibility of of a trade with, it's Colorado, right? Yeah. So then you have to think, is there anybody on the Giants that, or the, you know, the Giants system that Colorado might want? Are they even going to be interested in a trade? Like, if, if, oh, if no, they want to stash they offer, this guy.
1: They just offer him back to Colorado, and Colorado pays the Giants, like, twenty-five or $50,000. Like, so Colorado gets offered a big... are they going to
0: in doing and, that, or are they going to want to stash him? Right. They're probably going to be more likely to want to stash him than, you know, get rid of him and accept anything or pay for him or anything. Uh, so, I, sure. I, unless they're willing to concede a roster spot, I don't know that they can keep him.
1: Okay, Brian, pause, because what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to look up the the Rule 5 rules. <laughs> uh, rules. Getting into the weeds. There we go. Uh, Rule 5, players, MLB. I guess I'm just going to read off of stupid... <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. We're not rec- or we're not... Now, I'm recording, and I just have to remi- remind myself to remove all this. You're
0: not so. hearing any of that banging
1: and stuff, are you? I, I can't... Nothing's distracting me, so... Good, yeah.
0: sorry. That's all right.
1: Okay, and three, two, one. All right, just real quick. Um, they must pay... Rule five overview real quick, just so we have some clarity here. If you pick a player, you have to pay $100,000 to the club from which the player was selected. The Giants paid the Rockies $100,000. They're assigned directly to the drafting club's 25-man roster and must be placed on outright outright waivers in order to be removed from the 25-man roster in the subsequent season. Should the player clear waivers, he must be offered back to his previous team for $50,000. Okay, so it's not a guarantee and can be outrighted to the minors only if his original club does not wish to reacquire him. A Rule 5 draft pick can be placed on the Major League Disabled list, but must be active for a minimum of 90 days to avoid being subject to the aforementioned roster restrictions in the next campaign. Um, clubs may trade a player selected in the Rule 5 draft, but the same restrictions apply to the player's new organization. However, a club may also work out a trade with the Rule 5 pick's original club to acquire his full rights, thereby allowing him to be optioned in the minors under traditional circumstances. So basically, the Giants are leasing him from the Rockies... <laughs> And, so he
0: has to stay on the 25-man roster, right?
1: Uh, he has to be placed on outright waivers. In order to, so he'd have to clear those waivers, and the Rockies would have to decline him if he clears waivers. Now, he might clear waivers in the mix of you know, spring training madness. Um, clubs, However, a club may also work out a trade with the Rule 5 picks original club to acquire his full rights, so the Giants could go the extra step and try to work something out with the Rockies. But I guess what we're saying is the Giants – are kind of in the spot of do we have a 24-man roster which is Sammy, how you eloquently put it do we risk the chance of losing him to waivers or, or or do we hope he clears waivers and then and then don't you know just take our chances with the Rockies picking him back up
0: well, and that's why I think it seems to me like the the most logical solution is to try to work out a trade with the Rockies. But I don't know if the Rockies would even be interested.
1: Jared Parker to the Rockies, boom! We go. <laughs> For those rights, uh, and then it would all it all would sort itself out. Uh, that so that's that's a brief overview. It's not that confusing. It's just not typical, right? So we don't really think about it very often. Um, so I would say that that uh, I I can't guess what the Giants would do here yeah I wish I could give a better analysis than that Uh, my my uh, my initial thought Mike was that the Giants are going to keep it and I think that they have enough wiggle room in the roster block being sent down for example which is he's kind of played himself out of a possibility you know that would allow that would keep the the bullpen spot open for him and uh
0: well yeah, and there, so... there's wiggle room in the sense that like it like they said he has to be active for 90 days but they can D- he can go on the DL after that or I, I, was it, as long as he has 90 days over the period of the season I'm I not sure but what, I think
1: that's what it meant yeah
0: So then there's wiggle room there and that you send say like you said to have lockdown and you keep Fernandez and then you mystery injury DLM and who knows that's the thing is there's like kind of too many options to kind of say like concretely what the Giants are likely to do because I I
1: also think that we're discounting or maybe I'm pushing and and you acknowledge it but are not agreeing with me which is fine Uh, (laughs) the idea that until Will Smith gets back the bullpen is going to be in a little bit of a flux because, and so in that sense, why not give the kid an extra month uh, of audition time? And, and he can be the bridge until Will Smith comes back. Will Smith comes back, now you've got to make the choice. And maybe by that point, he'll uh, pitch so poorly, he will clear waivers and the, the offer back to the original team very easily and it won't be a problem. Uh, maybe they already know that he'll, he'll clear and it'll be fine. Or he pitches well, and then that's that's even better. Then they have a great reliever. So I, I kind of think they're going to keep him. Another reason why they'd be so inclined is that they know Will Smith when he comes back, and Will Will Smith when he comes back may not be great either. And a couple, you know what I mean. He might have to work, pitch himself back into being as effective as they want him or hope want him to be or hope he will be. Uh, so who knows? But I would say that the fact that the Giants were willing to take him on and, and tie themselves up in having a, essentially a 24-man roster uh, for the season, suggests that they're willing to take a different risk than maybe they have in the past. Although if the rumors are true that Brian Sabian is maybe running the team day-to-day a little bit more than we than last season, then maybe not. Because Julian Fernandez is 22 years old, which is about 30 years younger than how Brian Sabian likes his, pay- his players. So that could also be another factor where he's like, who's this guy? Get rid of him. Get me the, <laughs> give me the oldest reliever you can find. Um, Just
0: when I was like ready to say, okay, maybe they will keep him. You had to go that way.
1: Yes. Uh, okay. and th- another thing about Brian Sabian, got to bring up real quick, uh, was there's a picture Marty Lear- Marty Lurie, Zone, zone uh, posted a picture of him with Brian Sabian. Brian Sabian was wearing an Apple Watch, Sammy.
0: The future is now.
1: <laughs> uh, Brian Sabian very possibly does not use his razor. He does not use a flip phone anymore, which is a, 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 a stunning, a stunning uh, sea change. I'm sorry. You think,
0: you think he uses his Apple Watch as anything but a watch? I think he only uses
1: it as a, barely as a watch that he barely knows how to use.
0: I mean, I don't think there's anything here to tell you that he got rid of his, uh, of his Razer. Well, don't,
1: don't you have to have a phone in order to use the watch?
0: Well, sure, but he thinks it's synced up to the Razor. <laughs> it's really just a watch. I, think,
1: I, I mean, I'm with you on it. He just uses it primarily as a watch, but also I think as a step counter and heart rate monitor. Ah, Like I think those are the only, like that. that was how it was pitched to him. Like you you got to wear this to check your heart monitor, and make sure you're getting your steps well, in. And it's, and it's very
0: possible that he does have an iPhone that it's linked to and he just keeps he it like use it. in his pocket but he still <laughs> uses the Razer. I mean, who knows?
1: That'd be great. He has he it's like his work phone or his work phone's the Razer and the the, right. the iPhone is like just not it's has just no important. apps on it. <laughs> it's like a maybe it's like even the the iPhone classic you know, the, the, the SE. Is that compatible <laughs> yeah. with
0: an Oh, it's yeah, a
1: good point. It may not be. So he's got this, he's got this $2,000 iPhone X, iPhone ten. 10. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just, it has nothing on it. He doesn't know how to use it. Uh, it'd be funny to watch him do the face scan though. um, <laughs> <laughs> um all right. Next question comes from Steve Svensson at S 19. I challenged the Croncast to come up with the worst rule that Manfred might actually entertain employing than the runners at second base to start extra innings. I'll try. Baseball shootout where it's just home run derby after a tie in the ninth. Every batter has to wear a Cialis jersey. So if you didn't hear this, again, it's very strange that <laughs> people are getting their news from us. But if they are... Major League Baseball has instituted a rule in the minor leagues because they can do whatever they want in the minor league to the minor leagues for some reason, uh, and that is in starting in extra innings. Those games are going to start with a runner on second base, which is stupid. It's stupid. It is. I mean, maybe we should have just made the whole show about that. But that is the <laughs> so you stupid. Have to be
0: that one. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's a very dumb rule that they're instituting, and they're obviously doing it to set up, bring it into the major leagues. Yes. And the players union will gladly give into that as long as the 34 to 38 year olds are guaranteed $20 million a year contracts. They'll do whatever. But so that it's coming. We can't do anything about it. People, we can... I have
0: to say, though, Steve, uh, Steve, like I feel like he bested us in his example, because really that was uh, it was great. So, I mean, I well, I I'd never really heard of a shootout really until the Olympics when it was that um, USA versus Canada. Shark not Sharks, ha, hockey game. Yeah, and I did not understand what a shoe that was, but I found myself enthralled. So that was a pretty good example that he uh, threw out there. So uh, the only thing I could think of is that so if we're going to start the runner on second, it has to be like the Buster Posey of your team, the slowest runner, and they have to steal third in order for their run to count if they score. <sighs>
1: So you're you're accepting you're embracing the new rule and just saying
0: more ridiculous yeah, so. when it gets
1: to the major leagues. But I'm just saying, Commissioner Sammy Higgins is saying, uh, "All right, I have to take what my predecessor my predecessor's really stupid legacy killing rule, and I have to I have I can't change it. And my so tweak it's to it, hurts. yeah, my tweak to it,
0: or more entertaining, <laughs> yeah. depending on how you
1: look at it. Right. Well, the question is. With the worst rule, okay, yeah. So that's the the worst rule is you are now saying I'm keeping the really bad rule and I'm making it worse by saying they have to steal third base with their slowest but runner for, for the run to count. Yes, I got. It. Actually,
0: maybe that makes it better.
1: <laughs> well, because it, I don't think it slows down the game anymore. So you're putting the slow, you're putting Buster Posey, the slowest runner in baseball, Bruce, Bruce Bochy, uh, at second base and and you're saying that in order for that run to count he has to steal
0: third right because if you're going to give an advantage to one team you have to give an advantage to both teams so your advantage is yes you have a runner on second but the other team's advantage is they then have to steal third in order to score
1: so then buster posey gets thrown out at third base because everyone knows he has to steal next the hitter who's up gets a single and is Uh on first base and then if, we're into normal how, baseball. Yeah. However he get, oh, now we're into normal baseball. What have you kept the rule?
0: Well, would Buster Posey be inclined to steal third base if that was the case? Would you have Buster Posey as your second base runner?
1: Well, if, if the runner on second, let's just say if the runner on second has to steal third in order for that run to count.
0: But it has to be the slowest runner.
1: It has to be the slowest runner to start the inning though. You could tweak it. I'm going to push commissioner Higgins. <laughs> what about, a, you have to start the inning that way.
0: Yeah, well, because if you have to start the inning with a runner on second, then yes, my make it the slowest are...
1: runner, yeah, yeah.
0: Right,
1: right. So he gets thrown yeah. out, the next, the, the hitter gets a single, he's on first base.
0: Right.
1: Now, maybe the next hitter hits a, a ball and he can go from first to third, but what if he just winds up on, basically, how do we keep that? He has to steal a base in order for his run account? Ruled okay, to continue. So say
0: okay. So you've got your your Buster Posey at second base, right? Yes. And you've got your next batter up, and they hit a home run. Well, I'm sorry, you only score one run because your runner at second didn't steal third.
1: I I think that's I I agree with that. Yeah. So you have to steal third in order for a base runner's run to count, unless it's a home. Run. In
0: order for that base. Yes. Runner, in order for that
1: base runner. Run, unless it's a home. Unless the Even only the, the f- hitter only the hitter hitting a home run counts. As one, that's the one run. That counts without a stolen base.
0: Well, if, say, Buster Posey stole third base and then the player hit a home run, then it's two then runs.
1: Then it would count. Right, right, Then it right. would count. Right. Yes, I understand. I'm sticking with yours That's because that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's pretty terrible. And I would take it. <laughs>
0: Thank you, I think.
1: Because you know what it also does? It becomes a stealth home run derby.
0: Kind of. Yeah. Well.
1: Because what you're saying, you're saying is it's harder to whoops. score runs in the extra innings based on you have to steal a base rule.
0: If, not you're, if you're a base runner, unless I hit a home run. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so if you hit the home run you're and, and your player hasn't stole, you still get that one run. You just don't get two. You don't get the, the added advantage of that's a I'm, runner on second. But that's what
1: I'm saying. You, you don't get the added but you, advantage. But, but
0: you still score a run.
1: But at any other – any non-home run base runner has to steal – a base in order for his run. That's to steal third base in order for that run to count.
0: No, 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 no. No, Not anyone. Just that one runner that started the inning at second base. Oh,
1: see, that's what I'm saying. I think we should keep the stolen base rule in effect.
0: Oh, well that's There's, ridiculous.
1: But that's making it worse. That's the question. <laughs> so you're
0: you're I made the other one worse. And so now you're not making mine worse. Okay. We're just we're just rotting it and rotting it out. Well, because
1: at this point it's silly season for baseball. Why not right. just have why not just load the bases, start every inning with bases loaded and a three ball count on the hitter every inning. Why not just do that?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very stupid rule, so um, in the, in the original role, yeah.
1: So we're, we can aristocrats the hell out of this, and it, it doesn't matter. Uh, okay, uh, kiss them giant rings at RX Meister Prescription Meister twenty eight. Uh, he reminds me of early Kyle Crick. Wait, who's this? So Is he's this responding yeah, to okay. my. Yeah. So in response to the Julian Fernandez' Rule Five question, he reminds me of early Kyle Crick. They wouldn't let him throw batting practice for fear fear he'd kill somebody. They can't keep him on the roster all year. Maybe they can work a deal to keep him. Okay, so I'm now strongly in the Jarrett Parker (laughs) for the rights to Julian Fernandez. Okay, and then, uh, so those are those questions and um, and I have over here on my Twitter, I got a lot from uh, Logan Dobson, who, um, at Logan Dobson, asks, uh, what's your favorite section slash row slash seat in AT&T park? Sammy, do you, do you have? Oh my God. Yeah.
0: Not a specific one like that.
1: That's a good question.
0: I've never sat in the same place twice. So, I mean, I've sat in like almost every part of the stadium, but I've never sat in the same place more than like exact seat more than once. I've never been a season ticket holder or anything.
1: I like the seats behind on the third baseline. That are not directly behind the dugout, but just, just off, like uh,
0: bullpen area,
1: six rows back. No, it's it's between the two. It's like okay. just after just after the dugout. I like that area a lot. I feel like I can see a lot, in my fear of even now they have the netting up now. Right, but the the foul ball danger feels it's it's there, but it's not quite. It doesn't feel quite as extreme, um, and you can also see just enough. I don't pay enough attention when I'm there at a game, which is to my detriment, that I don't need to be so close that I'm like watching every look between players, but I'm in that section and I don't have the section off the top of my head, but I've sat there a couple of times, a few times, and you can look over and get a sense of what's going on in the field easily enough. So for me, it's like perfect semi-casual interaction with the game. So I like that area.
0: I don't really like the seats that are um, on either side, like too far out where you have to turn your head to see the batter the whole game. Mm-hmm. I think That kind of hurts my neck after a while. It is kind of nice to sit that close, but I think you can't really, aside from day games in like on the left field side, you can't really go wrong anywhere in the park. Um, but I like, I like view reserve. I mean, I know it's not, it's not nosebleed, but it's up there, but you do get a very good view of not only the game, but also the uh, the ocean and the ships going by because especially when it's a really bad game you don't have to pay attention anymore you can just look up and look at the boats look at the sunset
1: oh i'm definitely i'm in agreement but i'm view reserve on the left field side uh, for a
0: night game though day game you're gonna get sunburned i'm i'm just saying
1: well they'll i my only experience with sitting on the other side during a day game was actually like a rainy misty rockies game and it was miserable uh-uh. So, uh, so I, I, am a little biased on my sample size there. So, I, I do feel like you view Reserve underrated, and and uh, it's hard to have a bad seat there. Maybe a better question is, what's the worst place to sit in AT and T Park? But
0: mm, anywhere where the seagulls are, I did not enjoy sitting in the bleachers at AT and T Park. Uh, I remember
1: sitting very. Like almost underneath the scoreboard. It was basically underneath the scoreboard, but it was actually the left center field side of that uh, mm-hmm. for the NLCS game. Oh, I can't remember now. 4 or 5 in 2002. And I remember the game was great. I just remember that JT Snow hit a, a triple. Or he hit the he hit the ball to the wall and I couldn't see it and then I was just furious because I couldn't oh. see I couldn't see what was happening I had to read and then the center fielder disappeared and I had to read everyone else's reaction and so that was that was annoying but that was yeah I feel
0: like the seats in the outfield unless you're like kind of at the front where you can look down
1: yeah you're missing some stuff yeah yeah all right and his next question was who is currently the most hateable Dodger
0: mm-hmm. Chase of- Utley. Uh,
1: Chase, yeah, number one with the bullet. Yes, <laughs> uh, Grandpappy Utley. Uh, I'd say Puig's still on there. I get why. I, like I get. I know why people like Puig, but I also get. But also, if you take out the racism, that he is still an just anticy enough to fit into why if there's a rivalry, the other team's rival might have an issue with him
0: i feel like he's like also like good
1: said, enough to beat the giants you know what i mean so that's what he kind of falls in that realm he, he well, doesn't necessarily kill him but he, he he hurts him most of the time
0: right but i feel like like you said if you take out the racism i feel like he does kind of the same thing has kind of the same attitude as bryce harper and i love bryce harper too so i just well i, feel but like I mean, kind of player. Uh, but i mean he's
1: still hateable uh on the, and if, if bryce harper were on the dodgers he's hateable because of the rivalry Well, anyone's points. hateable on the Dodgers. <laughs> right, right, right. But I mean, because of the rivalry thing.
0: Right, if they're playing yeah. the Dodgers, yeah, okay, I have a hard t- harder time liking Puig, but uh, Puig, your friend.
1: <laughs> uh, Utley is, is so good, I can't, or like, is such a good number one, Ooh. I can't even think of a number two. Like, uh, Adrian Gonzalez, I hated him. because He's gone, he, isn't he? You know? Yeah, he's gone. He killed the Giants, though. So I hated him. And that's the other thing, like for the most part, the Dodgers, the Dodgers are just going to they're going to go 19 and 0 against the Giants this year. They're just going to destroy them. It's going to be really sad to watch, but
0: I can't wait till you're wrong. It's Sorry. <laughs> the thing is, is that
1: what makes are all their players are hateable on that level. Yeah. Uh, Cody Bellinger is very hateable because the Giants can't get him out. It, yeah. For hateable.
0: baseball reasons. Yeah. yeah. yeah Justin like, just Turner. Justin
1: Turner tops Chase Utley on the on the hateability. We're just talking about, can the Giants get him out?
0: Okay, (laughs) but I'm saying nobody tops tops Chase Utley on the uh, actual hate ability as a, I'm not going to say a person, but on a personal level.
1: Uh, Which player on the Padres roster will inspire the most, huh, that guy's on the Padres now?
0: Literally all of them. I don't, other than, (laughs) is it Hosmer? Other than Hosmer, I couldn't tell you who's on the Padres. Uh,
1: I want to actually take a moment and actually look up, someone some the the san diego padres roster and 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 just marvel at it for a second who's uh margot manuel margot is, is a player on the on, i know that is uh will myers still there will myers is still there
0: hey still i know there. another one yeah
1: that's it that would be a great guessing game like life or death your, <laughs> Padre, your puppy, your puppy will be euthanized if you can name if you if you can name 10 Padres players on the, in the organization. It doesn't even have to be on the 40-man roster.
0: I think there actually was a, like a sporkle quiz that was a, either Padre player or former president.
1: <laughs> Someone find that. I want to Yeah, play that. I don't know I if it's real or tonight. if I imagined
0: it, but I'm pretty sure I played it. Uh,
1: so I already just looking, glancing at the roster, Logan. Uh, I'm not going to go through it all because we've, we've done a lot of lists this time. There are two names that jump out, and we're almost done, I promise. We've got two names that jump out. Would you believe, Sammy, that Freddie Galvis is on the Padres? I didn't know that.
0: I believe almost anyone was on the Padres, because I never know who's on the team. So you totally I didn't beat- realize
1: he was no longer on the Phillies, but apparently they traded him to the Padres in December.
0: Were the uh, Phillies, the, were they having kind of a fire sale this season too?
1: No, they're, they, I mean, they were making moves on the margins and then they got Arietta. They're, they're hoping to oh, contend okay. yeah, 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 this yeah. year and, or next year. Um, but I mean, I think team. Galvis was probably one of those arbitration cases that mm-hmm. they just didn't want to pay for. And the Padres were like, hey, he's, we're a bad team and he could kind of start at shortstop. We'll take him. <laughs> uh, the other name was Chase Headley. I think I had forgotten that the Yankees had traded him back to the Padres.
0: I think I forgot he was on the Yankees. <laughs> okay. But, yes, no, that, that one wouldn't surprise me, I guess.
1: So those two names surprised me because I definitely forgot. Okay, uh, and then Logan's last question. These are all great questions, Logan. Thank you. You should, uh, you should ask questions more often. About which non-bumgarner pitcher will Crook say he can hit the most?
0: Mm.
1: this is a great question yeah we should have opened the show with this question
0: I mean I think it depends <laughs> on who you think is going to end up on me I, I hmm
1: and, and the, to be clear I would say right if
0: right. Block was in the starting rotation I would say maybe Block
1: well see so this is this is an interesting wrinkle because I was going to say he definitely will say that about Samarja right
0: right well
1: and you're right about Block as well but I think I'm I'm on. I'm reinterpreting the question from Logan. Okay. Which newer pitcher might he say that about? Like not like a, not an obvious candidate. Like Will Smith is going to be back, and and there's
0: you're talking the bullpen.
1: I'm talking any pitcher. That the question is which non-Madison Bumgarner pitcher are
0: they on another? Team? And I feel
1: like no 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 no.
0: Well, <laughs> I like, well, mean, I actually, say, you, you know what? It could they... be.
1: You know How what? It could be. Appearance. We could interpret that <laughs> broadly. No, no. I, I I hear what you're saying, but I also feel like we have to like what's the what's the 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 thing behind that? I feel like Kruko says that to talk up guys, just to talk them up, like to say they're so awesome. In well, all he's definitely going to
0: say it when the Rangers come to town for Timmy. For Timmy once right?
1: <laughs> so actually, Logan's question does not um, specify that they have to be giants. So it could be, you know, but like Derek Holland, let's say he makes the rotation. We, okay. don't know, we don't know him. He could, that could be a guy. I'm not, that's not my answer.
0: So we're not basing things on past experience. We're just kind of. I, I mean,
1: you've named, we've named the other two likely culprits, right? Block and Samarja. Yeah.
0: And, Cause I don't know how well Stratton can hit. So I, I don't know.
1: Well, that's what I mean. But he might, but that's, we're being asked to guess.
0: Okay. Or, then Stratton. who we
1: think. So you, okay, Stratton, this is great. I think Str- you're thinking Stratton. I th- I'm going to say Will Smith. Okay. Because I think Will Smith's return is going to be treated like this really big event, and I think as part of that, because the, you know, Kruko's advertising for the he's a he's a publicist for the team, that if Will Smith for some reason is pinch hitting or is batting for some reason, which could happen, you never uh, know. he's going to say that. And he, he will say – and then at some point later on in some other game, we're like, well, they got Will Smith down there. They need a pinch hitter.
0: Hit. <laughs> it's true. It's how you build a narrative.
1: Right, right. So I, I – but I think I think yours – So is, we're kind of asking right.
0: who's the new Casilla or Jeremy Affelt. I think
1: that's a that's – a, I think there's enough wiggle room for us to interpret it either way. But okay. I, th- I love the Stratton pick. The Stratton pick is, is great. I
0: mean, here's the thing: is like, we already have like Corey Garin. Garin, sorry, Corey Garin, Gar- yeah. Garin uh, left fielder. So I kind of would like to see him become a batting legend.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Uh, Corey Garin has like he, transformative year. New name, yeah. new name, <laughs> new, new <laughs> roles. Yeah. Uh, and then the last question is from Nooch at F. VCK Nooch, What's the over under on how many days Sandoval will be on the 2018 Giants? Also, do you see Tyler Beatty making the opening day roster or the big league co- club at some point in 2018? Well, we kind of answered that about will he be in the opening day
0: roster. Opening Neither day, of us no, think that, but no. you know what? I thought he was going to make at some point end up on the 2017 team, and of course he got injured. So, I would like to see it. I it, I think it'll just depend on how well or how poorly they do.
1: He's been really bad this spring. Yeah. I mean, to the point where I would say, yeah, he probably makes the club at some point in 2018, but it feels like a call-up situation.
0: Right. Like that's what I mean. In September.
1: No. Yeah. Which is kind of unfair. It's in the spirit of the question. Like, I don't feel like he's, they need a starter, but he could be an emergency starter. You know, things do get crazy. So, uh, and then, what was
0: the first part of my question well, again? Pablo
1: Sandoval will be on the roster. How many days? Will Sandoval be on the 2018 Giants? It's an interesting question.
0: Here's my issue, actually, we didn't get into earlier when we were talking about Pablo. Um, my issue is that they've talked about him a lot as uh, play, as doing best at as a first base option. But if you think about the fact that they also consider Buster Posey the other first base option, because they're going to have him, uh, I guess, spell belt for lefties, um, where does Pablo fit in? Now, obviously, he had a great day on Sunday, but... If you think of, if that's where they see him doing best at, is first base, when's he going to have a chance to play? Or are they going to have to put him around?
1: I think first base, I think all those three players all have rest slash injury concerns and that playing time won't necessarily be a problem. I would hate to see Brandon Belt has a 10-day slump. Don't even say it. Oh, sorry. Has a 10-day slump as any baseball player can. And mm-hmm. suddenly Pablo Sandoval is viewed as some sort of savior. I would hate to see You've that happen. You've just given
0: so many people ideas to call into KMBR about. <laughs>
1: um, I think Pablo Sandoval is borderline washed. And I would be very surprised if he, he's going to, I think what you said uh, to the hundred pence question are they going to cut him? He'd have to be really bad. Here's the thing, though. Pablo Sandoval has been really bad as a Major League Baseball player for a while now. It's, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that he's going to be really bad it, on the Major League roster this year, especially if he's not playing consistently. Right. But as the pinch hitter, super sub kind of guy, maybe that works, possibly. But you have to, I, I see him pinch hitting a lot
0: well but here's the thing if he's not batting regularly and he's coming in for one at bat a game you know is he going to stay even as as hot as he is right now
1: right right so does he how many days was the over-under i think we can set we can set that pretty easily okay i mean let's just set the over-under at let's do it by months because i don't actually know how many days are in a major league season there's six months in a major league season that's pretty easy to, to go, over. let's say let's set the over/under at three and a half months. Yes.
0: Mm, you go first.
1: Which means if I think he's going to get cut around the trade deadline, I would have to pick the over. Uh, and and I think I think it's going to be over three and a half months.
0: I, I hate to keep going back to this, but I honestly think it depends on how well they're doing. Because if they're doing very well, like with the glimmer of the postseason in their eyes I don't think they're gonna hold on to dead weight as long as they did like last year oh
1: I think it's the opposite really I think if they're doing poorly it's gonna be like uh, what was it 2011 2013 with Tejada and Rowand. I think it'll be that
0: Mm-mm. I okay.
1: think if they're doing I think if they're doing well and Pablo's struggling Pablo would have to be both struggling and cancerous <laughs> to the team.
0: Ah, I see. Okay. I mean, I, I don't think... But that's, that's me. I can be wrong. You can take the
1: opposite attack, yeah.
0: No, 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 yeah. no. I mean, yeah. and that makes sense in a way for them because they are weird. I,
1: I also just think that Long, between Longoria, Belt, and Posey, that there will be enough DL time in that group for him to see not consistent playing time, but maybe more than just as a pinch hitter.
0: I guess, but I don't necessarily. And I'm not, it's not
1: a knock on those guys. Oh. I'm just yeah. going on. I'm not trying to knock them. I'm just but saying, especially with Posey, I think it's 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 rest and injury. I think it could be either of those. But right. uh, but Belt's always on the DL for for almost always not his fault. It's just like something always happens to him. And so, so you're why saying would that I that Pablo
0: Sandoval's gonna like Tanya Harding Brandon Bell? <laughs> no,
1: I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> I'm suggesting that Hunter Strickland will do something that will cause Brandon Bell to get hurt. So wow. <laughs> and it will force Pablo Sandoval into the lineup. <laughs> and Pablo Sandoval, when forced in the lineup, will go three for five with like two singles and a double with one RBI after all that. But somehow he'll <laughs> be viewed as some offensive force now. And when Brandon Belt comes back, he'll be playing left field for some reason. That's what I predict.
0: That's depressing.
1: <laughs> but if Brandon Belt's playing left field, it means either Hunter Pence is in the doghouse or on the DL. So, Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there we go. Uh, that was a long, long yeah. podcast. We covered a lot. <laughs> we covered the entire roster, basically. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to start the NL West previews. And I don't know which teams we're going to have yet, but we're going to try to knock out. You know what I'm going to do this year, Sammy? I'm going to reach out to Gaslamp Ball and see if anyone is interested in in coming on the show. I'm a we've
0: offended them all. What's that? I said, sure, now that we've offended them all today.
1: Right. Well, I mean, that's a good—we can bring our ignorance into that interview, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, so
0: who's on the team?
1: What's (laughs) happening? But I'm a little worried of bringing the the Rockies back because Adam Peterson really nailed his prediction. For the Rockies, Mm-mm. and 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 I think he should have time to gloat. I just don't want to listen to it. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah. So we'll see what we happens. We can just uh,
0: designate like a good thirty seconds where the rest of us put, the, <laughs> put our microphones and headphones down, walk away, and let him talk.
1: Uh, abs- that's a great that's a great point. All right, Sammy. If you want anyone to bother you on Twitter, where they can where can they find you?
0: Uh, it's at Sammy Higgins. That's S A M I.
1: All right. And um, any articles coming this week that we can look forward to, or you don't know yet?
0: Don't know yet, but I'll let you know.
1: All right. Likewise. Maybe something comes up. I don't know. I'm a little surprised the Giants haven't released their marketing campaign for the season, so I might go ahead with an article I've been holding on to. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week, and hopefully Doug will be back as well. And, uh, yeah, bye.
0: Bye, guys.